0: all right welcome to the show everybody what a night at the wasco center last night the university of miami in a high scoring affair defeating virginia tech by a score of 92 to 83 welcome to the show nigel pack uh writes his name all over the headlines with 17 points 17 of miami's 19 points in about a six minute flurry one of the uh Most dramatic flurries I think you've ever seen at the Wasco Center. At any rate, joining us right now, University of Miami Head Coach Jim Laranega. Coach L, congratulations. What a performance last night, not only by Nigel, but by everybody.
2: Yeah, that was a great and exciting game for the players, the coaches, the fans, everybody that watched it on TV or listened to you on the radio, Joe. Nigel's 17 points in five minutes. I think is the most I've ever seen one of my players in my entire career. (laughs) I've never seen anybody score that many points in such a short period of time. And he did it after he had gone uh, scoreless in the first half, scoreless in the first 10 minutes of the second half, and then all of a sudden, boom, exploded. 17 points in five minutes to lead us on to victory.
0: Um. I mean, you know he's a great shooter. Uh, Did you have any idea he's capable capable of an explosion like that? And what do you think ignited it?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, yes. Last year when he was at Kansas State, he had that kind of explosion against Kansas. He had like 34 or 36 points against the Kansas Jayhawks. And we all know how good they were last year winning the national championship. So I knew he was very capable. One no, things that people have to understand about a player like Nigel Pack, when you've spent most of your career playing the two-guard spot, where you're really just concentrating on your shooting, uh, it's a real challenge to swing over to the point guard position and now quarterback the team. And when you quarterback a team, you're, you're not only doing it on offense, you're doing it on defense. So he was responsible for guarding Sean Padula, And let me tell you something, that's a major challenge because Padula is an excellent point guard, shooter, defender, just a terrific all-around player and a a hard matchup. And and then uh, Nigel was responsible for getting everybody else involved. And boy, did he get him involved in the first half. I think uh, Isaiah Wong had 16 at halftime. Uh, Jordan Miller had a terrific first half. And Norshad O'Meara had a great first and second half with 21 points and eight rebounds. So Nigel did more than his share, Uh, and Bensley Joseph came in and rested him in the the first half. So Nigel had a lot of energy left in him uh, to do what he did in the last 10 minutes.
0: I think there were a couple of other things also. Uh, Your players did a really good job of getting him the ball when he was hot. And in transition, there were a couple of uh, possessions uh, on his three pointers where your team really moved the ball very well to get it over to him in a place where he could make the shot, except for one where he's like headed for the uh, headed for the uh, first row of the seats.
2: Yeah. And, and I think one of the guys that's responsible for that is Jordan Miller. He he is playing so good, Joe. Yeah. It's, it's hard to like measure the impact he's having on games in so many different areas. His defense, his rebounding, his scoring, his assists, his steals. He's, he's, he's a very unique all-around player. And uh, we're going to him more and more. Uh, not so much that he's going to score a lot more. He's just going to have the ball in his hands a lot more to make decisions because he's doing a terrific job of that.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about him on my way home last night of, gee, I need to come up with another word to describe him. Uh, I've used clever quite a bit, but I think maybe savvy falls. Uh, he falls under the category of savvy. He is a very savvy player.
2: He's savvy. He's clever. He's a, a Bruce Brown type uh uh, a a jackknife. What's what's the the Swiss Army knife type yeah. guy that's good for everything? So last night he led the break, through a beautiful bounce pass to Nigel for a three. On the fast break, he outran his man, caught a lob from Wuga Poplar, which was a terrific play. Uh, he's he's doing so much so well right now. I'm just very happy for him.
0: Well, for a long time uh of that game, it was hard to slow down Virginia Tech. Eventually, I think they missed their last six shots, but did it become a case of trying to get uh multiple defensive stops or was it just we guys gotta outscore these guys?
2: Well at a timeout, uh we were already behind sixteen to eight and the coaches are saying, Man, we need stops. And then I said, Hey we need to score. These guys are going to score. They just hit four NBA threes. I don't know how we're stopping those. All right? If a guy is willing to shoot and can make from outside of the three-point circle by 10 feet, you know, you're saying to yourself, that's not even a good shot for most players. But those guys, uh, Virginia Tech is an outstanding shooting team. Padula can make. Long-distance threes. Vasily can make long-distance three. And the captain of that team, the leader, the, the go-to guy is Hunter Gator. And when he was out of their lineup, I think they lost like four or five or six games in a row. Yeah. And, and now that he's back in the lineup, they've won two of their last three. Last night, you know, came down to the last two minutes. And uh, we did a good job. We scored 92 points. We had a bunch of guys in double figures. We had 18 assists. And we even out-rebounded them, Joe, which is, I think, a first in a long time.
0: 27-21. to Uh, Kator played 39 minutes. Padula, who I think his role is to get under everybody's skin, played 40 minutes in the game. So uh, those two logged heavy minutes last night.
2: Yeah, they... You know, minutes right now are precious. You know, uh, one of the things Virginia Tech did, they, they played three different centers. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll call uh, Justice Mutz a, uh, a center for right now, even though sometimes he's the foreman. And then they played played Lynn Kidd, who was terrific. And then they played Boteet, Poteet, who was like 6'9", 265. He's a humongous guy. Yeah, And so they just kept fresh bodies battling Norshad O'Meara, who's our one six, 7 guy. Mm. So they went 6-9, 6-7, 6-9, And Norshad had to guard them all. Now, one thing that happened, Norshad got in a little bit of foul trouble. and We were able to use A.J. Casey and Anthony Walker, and those guys both did a good job they they, they uh, handled the defensive end pretty good and uh, they were very solid on offense and you know we didn't fall behind when they were in the game and we ended up still leading at the half 45 44
0: yeah norchad i thought I thought North Chad was great 21 points that's his uh season high equals a season high uh, and also of course a season high in in conference play but I thought he was relentless last night.
2: Well, you know, he only had eight rebounds, which is uh, below his average. Yep. But someone asked me why. I said, because nobody missed any shots.
0: <laughs>
2: we shot at a very high rate. Clems, uh, a, a uh, Virginia Tech shot at a very high rate. You know, someone told me after the game, Joe, it's the first team all season long throughout the NCAA, 360 teams. There's not been a single team other than Virginia Tech last night that shot over 50% overall, over 40% from three, and 90% from the foul line and still lost the game.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: So there's an expression. You know, most, most colleges I don't think even talk about this, but there's some NBA guys, the very best of the best. They call them 180 guys where you combine – your two-point shooting percentage with your three-point shooting percentage with your free throw percentage. So, for example, if you if you shoot 80% from the foul line and 55% from two and 45% from three, you're a 180 guy. And there's only a few guys. I only know of a couple myself. Michael Jordan was a 180 guy. Dirk Nowitzki was a 180 guy, and I don't know how many others are in NBA history to be 180 guys, but but uh, that's hard to do and nearly impossible for a team to do. Yeah,
0: I mean Sheldon Mack was close to it when he played for you,
2: right? Yeah, Sheldon Mack was a 180 guy here. No, he he, he accomplished that.
0: Yeah,
2: at the college level, I was talking right. about the NBA, talking right. about Jordan right. and Nowitzki, but. Yeah. Yeah, at the college level, I don't know how many guys have done it. But uh Sheldon Sheldon McClellan shot I think 55% from from uh 2, 42% from 3 and then like 84, 85% from the foul line.
0: Uh I don't want to get too far down the road without uh saluting your crowd again last night. Uh down the stretch uh they were amazing.
2: I uh, I can't thank the fans and the students enough. Because we go on the road. You've been there, Joe. You saw what Pittsburgh was like. What'd they do? A yellow out or something? Wasn't it? Or yeah, And then when we white... went to NC State, it was a white out. We went to Duke. The place was like berserk.
0: Yeah, P- Pittsburgh had their biggest crowd of the year, 12,500. I think it was the biggest crowd yeah. they've had in many years, as a matter of fact.
2: yeah. And, and they got treated to a very exciting game. Yeah. The only problem with it is we lost.
0: Yeah. And we had an eight-point
2: fr- lead with, with two minutes to go like we did last night. Last night, we were able to execute and, and end up winning by nine. Uh, so, at their place, we turned the ball over and missed some shots, and we're not able to stop them down the stretch, and they came away with the win.
0: So is that something that you reflect on with your team here going forward? Because – uh, all these games uh, seem to be coming down to the final couple of minutes, and uh, sometimes uh, people will grab on to the negative side of that, but there have been plenty of positives in the, in the tight games this year.
2: Well, I think, you know, everybody can look at the most recent games, and they'll focus on that, or the last few games. But for me, I've got to look at the big picture the whole the whole season. And if you if you go back, Joe, you're you're there all the time, so so you know this. If, if you go back to the beginning of the season, do you, do you remember when we played uh, Central Florida at Central Florida on the road? Yeah,
0: right, came down to the last. play. What was play? the
2: final score?
0: Well, it was a. They missed a free throw at the end. The ball ricocheted out of bounds. So there's a one point. We game, We won I think. by two. Two, yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, and then you, you look at the next one. We played we played uh, Cornell. We won by two. Uh, we played Virginia. We won by two. You know, these games, uh, you know, you, you'll win some and lose some. Last year, we were terrific at the end of games. I think we played in 17 games that were decided in the last minute and some on the last possession. We didn't win them all, but we were twelve and five in those games. We played seventeen, like one possession games, and won twelve of the the seventeen. Right now, you can you can point out to the five we lost and say, "Oh, you should have won those." Yeah, that's we would love to have won those. And this year, we won our share in in December, and uh, you know we 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 didn't win quite as many uh, in in January but we did win last night. And even though that wasn't a two-point win, you know it was a two-point
0: game with 2 minutes yeah. to
2: go. It it's hard to pull away from teams like Virginia Tech cuz they're so explosive offensively.
0: Well, that was a that was a hard January. There were a lot of road games in there and uh that's uh back and forth and of course in the middle of this uh the last road trip was a a three-game three road trip with uh, staying on the road for two of them, playing in hostile environments. Uh, that's kind of what the ACC is. That's a, It's a grind. You have to be mentally, physically, and uh, I guess spiritually ready to to uh, grind through what this league throws at you.
2: Yeah, we, we played nine games in January or right after Christmas, start with Notre Dame December 30th. Six of them were on the road. Yeah. We, won. we won at Notre Dame, and then we won at home against uh, Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. We also won on the road at Florida State, and that game we won by the largest margin of victory uh, in, the, in the series between Miami and Florida State. So we had some nice road wins. Uh, we had some tough road losses, losing at NC State by two losing to Duke by two and then losing to Pittsburgh by three uh, just tough ACC basketball
0: um, how proud were you of your team's ability to move forward you mentioned you know Pittsburgh was a tough day Saturday was a, a tough night tough light home and all that uh, not a lot of time to turn around but didn't appear that your team was uh licking their wounds they were ready to compete last night
2: yeah and I spoke to the team about it on Sunday and uh, a lot of times we'll do either a very brief practice or a walk through we didn't even do that now I knew the guys were exhausted Uh, we played our heart and souls out on Saturday I just told them I feel bad you know today but we're going to take the day off and come back on Monday and go back to work, and we'll be excited about playing the next one. That the ACC regular season is a marathon, and we 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 ran a bad mile. Uh, we were going through the, the up and down hills of a marathon, and now we got to get back. We're at home. Let's play great on Tuesday. Hey Joe, I, looking just a, a moment forward, we got we got to play Clemson on on Saturday. And Duke on Monday. We can't even take Sunday off even if I wanted to.
0: I know. Yeah, right. So we... these,
2: these, these games, unlike football where you play basically every Saturday for 12 weeks, uh, in basketball we play two or three games. We had one, one stretch where we had three games in six days, and then we had a stretch where we had no games for 20 days.
0: Yeah, this will be uh... – the fourth straight week on the road on a Saturday, four weeks in a row, yeah. away from home on on a Saturday.
2: Well, hopefully, can, can... Uh, hopefully we can play really well and and finish strong. Uh, finishing strong is is going to be a big key because I think we're good enough to be in the game. That uh, the opponent on their home court has that fan base cheering for them. The Clemson game is already sold out. Yeah. Our Duke game—no one's told me this, but I'm guessing it'll be sold out. All right, so these next two games are going to be in front of packed houses—one on the road and one at home. Oh, well, we'd like to play at our best this, this Saturday and Monday.
0: Hurricanes are 17 and five overall, eight and four in conference play. So. So far I think you've built a really strong resume. This is the, you those are pretty good numbers, hey you know, here in the second half of the season.
2: Well, I, I again we played twelve conference games. We've got twenty total to play. If you if you ask anybody in the league what would get you into the NCAA tournament, in most years, in most years it would be five hundred. Yeah. If you go ten and ten, you're gonna get in the dance. But last year The league took such a hit to its reputation that we had Virginia and Wake Forest both have one, one of them had 14 wins and the other had 13 and still didn't get in the dance. So our work is not nearly done. We we've got to have a very good February and uh, March. Oh, we've got some big games in this next month. We got, uh, Pittsburgh coming back to our place. The last game of the season is March fourth. All right. Our game against Clemson this Saturday is February fourth. So we've got one month left. Eight games left. And then the A C C tournament. Where do we go, Joe, for the A C C tournament? Are we back in Greensboro?
0: Back in Greensboro. Back in Greensboro. Last time we went to Greensboro, the world shut down.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was fun. I'm ho- yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a better result this time. Covid, that, that, Covid.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't mean fun. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not exactly the way to say that. That, yeah. that was miserable.
0: Yeah, it was. Oh. We, we went to Greensboro, and then I don't think I saw you for a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, man. Um, but right now, college basketball seems to be thriving. Games have been great. Uh, Competition has been great. Uh, ACC has some big games tonight. Carolina and Duke will play on Saturday, so you'll get uh, uh, Duke after they play Carolina. And you know that's always an emotional game for the, for them. They play on Saturday. I think it's six o'clock. Uh, Clemson went up to Boston last night, and again uh, showing how hard it is to win on the road. Clemson got tripped up in, in uh, Chestnut Hill.
2: Yeah, in a, a low-scoring affair. I, I was surprised but uh the score was sixty two to fifty four. And uh Clemson is a obviously a much better offensive team than that, but they did not have the night shooting that they normally do. They only shot thirty percent from the game and twenty eight percent from three. They did make sixteen out of sixteen free throws. They out rebounded Boston College. Uh but they turned the ball over a bunch. they had sixteen turnovers, which is uh basically five more than they average. so they had an off night i th- I'd compare that to our uh Georgia Tech night, you know where you play you know well enough to win, but you don 't win because you you don 't you don't finish as well as you know you 're capable and Clemson is you know they 're in the top twenty five now. Uh, sitting atop of the ACC, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech this Saturday too, Joe. That's right. Uh, Virginia yep. Tech is going to be awfully hungry for another win. Virginia's trying to stay at top of the league, so a lot of great battles, a lot of great basketball tonight, Saturday, and then next week.
0: When you have a, a win like last night and a flurry uh, like you had with Nigel Pack, uh, with the excitement the intensity, uh, the way your team battled and fought and all of those things, uh, do you believe there's a carry? I know, I know you probably hope so, uh, but in your experience, is there a carryover effect for the team in terms of how they grow from a game like last night?
2: Well, certainly they felt good after the game and felt, you know, really excited. The way the game ended with Nigel putting on that performance with, Norshad mere blocking uh, uh, Mutz's dunk attempt, and then Wooga Papa dunking it to end the game. A, a lot of big plays. Uh, yeah, it makes you feel good for a couple of days. But the, the thing about it is now you get ready for a different opponent, a different style of play, uh, different coaching style. And uh, I've coached against Brad Brownell, it seems like, forever. My 12 years in the ACC, but also a half a dozen years in the CAA when he was the head coach of Wilmington and my staff and I were at George Mason. So, you know, you coach against someone for nearly 20 years, you know, you, you know each other very well. And I, I know uh, Coach Brownell is, is going to have a great game plan. Hopefully my staff and I can do the same. And then it's going to be up to the players to execute that game plan. And uh, they're going to have a great crowd behind them. And we're we're going to go there with a great mindset coming off of a quality win over Virginia Tech at home last night.
0: Okay, we're going to talk more about Clemson. That game is at 3 o'clock on Saturday here on QAM. We'll be on the air at 2.30 in the afternoon for Miami and Clemson from Little John Arena. Uh, we'll talk more about the Tigers and the University of Miami. Uh, first, one of our uh, favorite topics. Uh, I know Coach L loves Ed Williamson and Carol Williamson. They sit right there on the baseline. Thrilled to watch Wooga Poplar uh, slam that ball through last night with an exclamation point to finish the game. And let me talk to you about Williamson Buick GMC, you can get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle in a new Buick from Williamson Buick GMC. New Buicks are arriving every single day over at Williamson. So, what does that mean to you? It means that at Williamson Buick GMC, they're going to have the new Buick that you're looking for. Perhaps you might be interested in the Buick Encore. The Buick Encore, five-person SUV. It has style. It's got performance. It has technology. Everybody loves technology. It has technology that's out of this world. It's perfectly sized to handle whatever life throws at you. Or, how about the new Buick Enclave? The the Buick Enclave got an exciting new look. It brings together the ideas of a family vehicle and luxury. To get your new Buick, visit Williamson's beautiful facility. It's easy to find US1 at 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto. You can also go online at williamsonautomotivegroup.com. Get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle and experience the new Buick from your Premier Buick dealership, Williamson, Buick, GMC. Williamson is Miami.
1: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode, and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, back on the show, everybody.
0: Miami and Clemson on Saturday, and we'll have that game for you on QAM at uh, 2.30 in the afternoon with uh, a tip-off at 3 o'clock with Hurricanes head coach Jim Laranega. Coach, Clemson's had a great season. They are in first place inside the league However, uh, they suffered some tough losses at the beginning of the year, and a lot of people think it's uh, they're fighting for their tournament lives. Even though right now they sit on top of the league.
2: Yeah, I I, I don't look at the who's going to get in and who's not until uh, March. I think where you stand in March is more important than you know how your, you know preseason ranking or where you're ranked in December January. You know, you got to keep playing hard and well and win as many games against Quad One and Quad Two teams. And Quad One is basically the top 30 teams in the country. Quad Two is that next group, maybe top 75 from 30 to 75. So if you win games in that category, like some of our biggest wins already, Joe, uh, it was the ACC Big Ten Challenge, Rutgers is yep. having a great season. And they've won some very important, high-quality games, and we beat them on our home court in the challenge. So that's a that's a really big win. Providence is having a, a great season. My alma mater is in the Big East Challenge uh, trying to, to win that regular season. We beat them. Uh, so some of our non-conference wins – uh, Central Florida was a huge win for us, so we have some really good quality non-conference wins. But all of those aside, all we care about, all we're focused on right now, is get ready for Clemson.
0: Uh, it's likely that when you play Clemson, somebody named Hunter is going to score. Either, uh, <laughs> <laughs> either uh, hey, Tyson. Their
2: leading scorer is Hunter Tyson. There's right. uh, There's a second leading scorer is Chase Hunter. Correct. So they're in the hunt no matter what.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a good way to put it. I was hoping that one of these guys would leave uh, at some point. It, it does get confusing. Hunter Tyson, 16 points a game. Chase Hunter, 14 points a game. But P.J. Hall has hit some big shots for them uh, during his career. He's been there for a long time.
2: Well, he, here's the thing uh, Brevin Galloway is their normal starting two guard. He's missed the last two games. So I, I don't know if he's going to play on Saturday or not. So um, Hemingway is a guy who's you know averaging over thirty minutes a game, so he's likely to be in the starting lineup with Hunter Tyson, who's a Player of the Year candidate, Chase Hunter, who's their point guard, PJ Hall, who's their big man inside at six eleven, and then and then uh, Hemingway, Shefflin is their. Uh, power forward. Uh, he he's had some terrific games for them, and then they got a host of other guys who can either fill in at the two guard spot, or they can go even bigger and move Hunter Tyson to the two guard spot and go with another big guy. I'm not sure what they'll do on Saturday, but we got to be ready for both.
0: Yeah, this kid, uh, Shifflin, Ian Shifflin, is a tricky player. He seems to be in the right spot at the right time.
2: Yeah, and and it, he. At his size, you know, he's a big guy, 6'7", 225, and, and uh, he's clever. You know how we talked about Jordan Miller being clever, being savvy? I, I think Shiflin is the same way. He, he's got, got uh, uh, a good uh, team approach to things. He's a good receiver. He's a good passer. Uh, he can score in around the basket. And again, he, he gives them size. One of the things about us, Joe, that, you know, you can see it every night. We're just not that tall. Oh, yeah. no? Norshad is six, seven. Jordan Miller, probably six, six. We'll six, four. And they're always matched up with guys. we going to guard, probably uh Hunter Tyson who's six, eight. And, uh, Norshad will have to guard hall who, who, uh, I think he's like a seven footer but they list him at 610 he 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 seems like to play very very big so uh, I like their team uh, I think Brad Brannell is doing a great job of coaching them They're sitting in first place uh, they got a lot of balance four guys in double figures and then another guy averaging nine so uh, and they're shooting the three ball very well. Hemingway is, is shooting it really well, and so is Hunter Tyson. Hunter Tyson is shooting at like 42%, and uh, Hemingway is is uh, uh, shooting like 49% from three.
0: Yeah, and Brad Brownell has been there for a long time, uh, so that's allowed him to build his culture, much like you have your culture and, and I think when you have that kind of longevity and you build a, build a culture like you have, which is always one that's good to be around, I think it's uh, very attractive uh, to players. You see how it's worked incorporating um, uh, Norchad Norchad and Nigel Pack to come in to be around players who I think have common traits. And I think a lot of guys probably look for that in, in a culture, right?
2: Oh, for sure, Joe. And, you know, one of the things that, that I love is, is I think the, the athletics department, uh, at the University of Miami is, is, is really terrific. You know, we've got a lot of great sports, a lot of great coaches, uh, and I, I'm going to tell you something. This is, this is going to be, I think, a surprise, uh, to the members of the team. But if you know Andy Kershaw, He's our, our, our swimming coach. Uh, uh, he's he's a, a terrific guy. He's been very supportive of us. And uh, they have practice tomorrow. They didn't have practice today. Uh, but Randy uh, Abelman and, and Andy Kershaw, uh, their coaches, I'm going to go by and, and, and say hello to them because they've been very, very nice to us. We had a recruit in not long ago. And... Andy came by and said some nice things about the University of Miami and our basketball program, so I want to be sure we're supporting them. So tomorrow, about 2 o'clock, I'll be going over and, and, and hopefully meet the members of the swim and, and the women's swim
0: team and the, and the diving team. Randy Abelman, he's one of the great swim coaches of all time. Uh, been to the Olympics, coached numerous Olympians, Uh, hurricane through and through and uh, Andy Kershaw has been on our show several times and uh, he's uh, he he's a real up up and coming star in that in that business
2: yeah I think Randy's coached like 176 Olympians (laughs) some ridiculous number like that I mean the guy's a legend so uh, and I don't get a chance you know I went over and watched one of their practices for a short while, but my schedule is so busy, Joe. It's it's hard to break away and 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 be as supportive as we'd like to be. But I'm hoping tomorrow I'm going to get that chance, get over there at two o'clock for a little while. But I have, you know, I have a press conference at one thirty. We got practice like at two forty-five. So and my coaches and I got to get ready for Clemson. Oh, we're going to be
0: busy at it tomorrow, all day. Have you at any time in your career, uh, maybe during an off-season, uh, analyzed another coach from another sport that was successful, maybe to see if you could incorporate any of their ideas into your own uh, coaching pattern?
2: Oh, one of my great uh, memories at Bowling Green State University was hanging out and talking sports with the head hockey coach, a gentleman by the name of Jerry York. He was the head coach of Bowling Green, won a national championship in hockey, and then he left Bowling Green and went to Boston College. He retired this year as the winningest coach in college hockey history. He is a legend. He is the Coach K of, of college hockey, and he's a dear friend of mine. And we used to talk about the difference in, in, in hockey and basketball was the speed of the game. How can you get where you outnumber the opponent? You know, How do you create fast breaks? And we were doing a lot of scrambling back then, trapping and forcing turnovers. And Jerry and I talked about it one night, if he could do it in hockey, just double-team the puck, see if he can make the guy make a mistake, steal it, and then go in either one-on-one or two-on-one against the goalie. And I would talk to him about how do you share the puck so well? How do you move the puck? What is the mentality of your players? And, and uh, what, what is the expression in basketball we use? When I don't get the assist, but I get the pass that leads to the assist? Hockey assist. The hockey assist. Yeah. And that's what Jerry and I always talked about. Yeah, you have to have guys who are very willing passers. That's why I said last night after our win, we love it when we get 16 assists or more. Last night we had 18. Because you know, when you get a lot of assists, it means you're probably getting a lot of hockey assists as well.
0: Yeah. Well, on the lines of fast breaks, uh, you also had 22 fast break points to their four.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's our game. You know, we're at our best when we get to the open court, make some simple passes, make some simple shots. Uh, and and uh, Virginia Tech strength is half-court offense, moving that ball. In fact, we told the team, uh, Joe, uh, leading up to the game, they'll run like what we would call a set play, and if that, that breaks down and they don't get a good shot, they'll move right into a second action or a second play, a third action, even within one possession. So they might get a shot in the first 10 seconds. Not there. Let's keep it going. Next 10 seconds, run a different play. And then uh, the last 10 seconds, let's be sure we get a good shot. And they do that so well. That's why they score so many points and shoot such a great percentage. That to combat that we had to score our brains out, and we did,
0: <laughs> yeah. ninety two yeah. points. So yeah, the most that they've given that's up this more year more than two points a minute. Yeah, yeah, the most they've given up this year. They've been a, they were the third best defense in the league. It's sixty six points a game. Yeah, that's what I'm
2: saying. Virginia and Virginia Tech are two of the top teams in, in guarding. Clemson is also a terrific defensive team.
0: Uh, we mentioned or you mentioned earlier and I thought I'd bounce back to this real quick um uh, he played a lot he played quite a bit last night for you and I thought uh as you talked about in the first segment really was like a glue player for you Bensley Bensley joseph nine points and uh you know maybe your team was wobbled a little bit there he hit a three and then he stole the inbounds pass and I thought he brought some uh calmness to your team last night
2: Well, actually, how I would describe it, Joe, is his relentless defense on Padula made us, he was the catalyst of creating some havoc on the court and then quarterbacked the team for a while, setting everybody else up, which ended up leading it, getting it back to him to make the shots. He had a great, great first half. And a very solid game overall, and we need him. I consider him a starter. He doesn't start the game, but he's almost always in at the end of the first half and the end of the game. He's he's having
0: a very very good sophomore season. Yeah. Do do you sometimes have to remind players uh, what you just said that uh, because everybody wants to score and everybody wants to start and play, but sometimes they're on the floor at the end of the game, which is also a pretty important role.
2: Well, look at last night. One of, one of the reasons Wooger Poplar has been not only in the starting lineup but playing major minutes is because his defense has allowed us to put him on a Hunter guitar and make Hunter work. He, he guarded um, Elliott from Pittsburgh. Uh, he's he's getting the assignment of often guarding the other team's uh, best player, and he's going to have the assignment of guarding Hunter Tyson uh, on on Saturday. So he's he's maturing; his game is getting better and better. And Joe, I, I just told them in a text message. I think his offensive game is about to explode too, because his pull up jump shot pull up jump shot is is major league. Now, he hasn't made a lot of them yet. He's made a few. But I think when he gets comfortable constantly looking for that shot, thinking about getting that shot, he's going to get it. He's going to make it.
0: Well, you mentioned his defense. He had a, a contest on Couture last night where he went flying across the floor and got his hand up uh, and I think forced the miss. Uh, I thought it was great hustle and athleticism. He went soaring across the floor. Uh, Clemson's on Saturday. Then Duke is here on Monday. Uh, we touched on it a little bit. Again, it's another short turnaround. Uh, how do you uh, how do you handle that coming up?
2: Yeah, that one's more difficult because we played um, Virginia Tech on a Tuesday, so we were able to take Sunday off. And Sunday off meant rest, recover, get rejuvenated. This time, you know, we can't take Sunday off because we play on Monday. The only good part about it is we've already played Duke once. Right. So our players know what Duke is all about. They know their personnel. They know their style of play. So Sunday will be a review day. It won't be introducing them to Duke tomorrow is introducing Clemson to our, our team. Cause a lot of our guys don't know these guys. Oh, so, uh, they, you know, like Galloway, even though I don't think he's going to play or, you know, he has, he's missed the last two games. Galloway is a transfer who transferred from college of Charleston to Boston college to Clemson. Mm. This is his third school. Now. Uh, He's, he's done after this year, but you know Charlie Moore played at four different colleges. Yeah. It, it's the, the way college basketball is now. And he was having a great impact for uh, Clemson until he missed the last couple of games. And one game they had to come from behind to beat Florida State. And the second game they lost uh, to Boston College. So he obviously has a, a major impact. He's averaging double figures, plays 30 minutes a game, he's shooting 44% from the field. Oh, key players, if they're out, then it makes the coach's job more difficult.
0: Uh, there's a big game coming up that kind of affects University of Miami in the standings, Pittsburgh and North Carolina. That could be a track meet.
2: Well, I'm getting ready to watch that at 7 o'clock. But when I turn it on, I'm going to be watching more of North Carolina because we just finished playing Pitt and I know them already very well. I've watched Carolina back in December, but back then, uh I don't think they had found their niche yet. They're starting to play much better and and now they're they're running their offense through through um Bay coach. You know, they they are now seven and three, just one game ahead of us. Their their uh, schedule they they've won six out of their last seven. Their only loss was at Virginia, so it's a big home game for them because Pittsburgh is is basically tied with them. Pittsburgh is eight and three. Carolina is seven and three. If Carolina wins, they go to eight and three, and Pittsburgh falls to eight and four, tied with us. Oh, so, Car- Carolina's team statistically uh, has a lot of weapons. Baycoat is averaging eighteen a game. R.J. Davis sixteen, uh, Caleb Love sixteen, and Nance uh, eleven points a game. And then, then of course they got Leaky Black. They got Puff Johnson. Uh, they their preseason. They were preseason number one in the country, and now they're fighting uh, to to get get out of uh, fourth place and move into third place and try to catch Virginia and Clemson. I'm sure they're going to be cheering for us this this Saturday. Yep. yep. And uh, they'll be cheering for Virginia Tech to beat Virginia. <laughs> Because so if Carolina wins, they have to beat Pittsburgh. That's a loss for them. If Virginia were to lose uh, and Clemson were to lose, Carolina would be, be tied with at uh, the top spot and be back thinking about a regular season championship.
0: Well, you're right there, again, fighting for that uh, double bye, just like last year, with important games coming up. Saturday, Clemson, then uh on monday home against duke and uh actually next week would be fun because you get back-to-back home games duke and louisville on a monday and a saturday so uh the schedule kind of shifts a little bit toward home and that'll be good uh, for the university of miami so it's clemson duke and louisville all coming up with two out of those three being at home coach uh, as always great pleasure wild game last night great crowd and um most importantly great finish for the hurricanes
2: Well, thanks, Joe. Uh, I just got to say the fans have been great. I hope they uh, pack the house uh, against Duke and
0: Louisville next week. All right. I'll see you on uh, Friday when we get on the bus to go to Clemson. Okay. See you, Joe. All right. That's University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega joining us right here on the show. Miami and Clemson on Saturday, 3 o'clock. We'll be on the air at 2.30. We have a big, big second hour coming up on the show. We'll tell you about what's coming up right after this.
1: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.TV. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi view mode, and catch up with in game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre and post game shows.